Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Amazing victory over the Montreal Alouettes. We got some great storylines here for your Edmonton Oilers, including something they announced just moments ago. Yes, this just handed to me, except I got it in an email. But anyway, uh, the Oilers have signed forward Reed Schaefer to his three-year entry-level contract. Of course, he was the first-round selection, 32, uh, 32nd overall in the draft last week he's from spruce grove doing well with the seattle thunderbirds in the western hockey league and he took part in the oilers development camp and scored in the billy moore's cup last night so uh, we'll see him again in september when the oilers get into rookie camp and they're going to be playing in that young stars tournament in penticton so that is what's going on there for your edmonton oilers yeah the elks it i mean it looked like a disaster didn't it they're down 24-6 with five minutes left in the first half. They're down 31-12 halfway through the third quarter. They don't allow any more points after that. Kenny Lawler comes up with some huge plays, both catching the ball and getting interfered with while catching the ball. And the Elks are suddenly 2-4 and four on the season, playing their next game one week from tonight against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who are in action this evening, kicking off in about half an hour. This is a good one on Friday Night Football in the CFL. The Stampeders are 4-0. The Blue Bombers are 5-0. and And they're going to go head-to-head tonight. We will keep you updated on that one once it gets started. Yes, the uh, Billy Moore's Cup last night at the Downtown Community Arena. It was uh, a fun game. I think they, uh, they stressed fun in it. And uh, the format was uh, not a traditional hockey game. It was two 20-minute periods for the uh, Oilers prospects. They did 10 minutes of five-on-five. Then they did 10 minutes of four-on-four. Then they did the flood for the halftime break. They did 10 more minutes of five-on-five. And then they did 10 minutes of three-on-three, which featured most of the scoring in the game. But I I thought you saw some pretty good skill on display. I I thought uh, Noah Philp, the guy the Oilers signed out of the University of Alberta a couple months ago, he made some nice plays. I like Michael Kesselring on defense in net. I thought uh, Ryan Fanti made some good saves. He was on Inside Sports earlier this week. The new goaltender they just drafted, Samuel Janssen, made some good saves. He was one of the three-on-three goalies, so he was uh, under... (laughs) under fire more than the first two guys who uh who played uh tyler tulio another another forward prospect for the oilers he made some good ones matt Vay petroff remember that name the oilers like him and he's uh coming along so yeah basically uh an emphasis 
on uh, getting the puck to the net, making nice plays last night in the Billy Moore's Cup. Uh, and a good story out of that game was James Hamblin, the uh, local kid, played in the Western Hockey League with Medicine Hat, now with uh, the Bakersfield Condors for the last couple of years. He really shone in the three-on-three. He had two goals and an assist to help his team, Blue, come up with that 9-6 victory. And I sat down with James Hamblin after the game. Okay, James, I want to ask you, first of all, what's it like playing in a game that starts five-on-five five and then goes to four-on-four, four, and then I think you guys went back to five-on-five, five, and then it was three-on-three three for the last 10 minutes or so? Uh, it's a little different. Definitely not something that you're used to doing, but uh, you know what? Uh, we realize it's July. We're having fun uh, at the same time, uh, and uh, you know, um, if we can get those different types of games in, right? We, ha- we have to play those in the game uh, with penalties and with overtime, so um, no, it's fun. And you had two goals, and then you got an assist right after you scored as well. So you feel like you had a pretty good night. Yeah, it was good. Um, like I said, it's we're, we're having fun. It gets super competitive, especially at the end. Uh, you you want to win in the end, so um, it's it's good to get those two goals. And Tulio, of course, uh, he put the other one in. It was good. All right. Um, you know, for you, you got to be around the team during the playoffs as one of the black aces. Just what was it like? Just being you know near the guys and also in the city when all the all the playoff fun was going on yeah it was uh, it was a super cool experience i'm very thankful that uh or privileged that i got the opportunity to do that um i think the biggest thing for me was just being uh around the city and around the atmosphere being in the rink every night uh just watching them kind of come out of the tunnel and, and getting goosebumps every every night they did that and uh, i it just it's it's extra motivation to to try and get to to that level um and to be one of those guys coming out that door yeah right on okay so w- when you look back at the past year, and, and I guess maybe I even extend that because we had the you know the season before that that was shortened for everybody because of COVID, how do you feel you've you've changed and, and grown over the last couple of seasons? Uh, I think I've kind of started to mold a game for myself, uh, kind of chisel away at uh, um, kind of a, a niche that that needs to be filled, um, and uh, find a role on a team. I think if I'm going to be able to make it to that next level, it's it's about finding a role, um, one that's uh, you know a hard forecheck, uh, being able to have good shifts for for the other guys to go and do their thing, um, and uh, being really good defensively. So I think I've just had to kind of play into that style of game and just keep improving on it. All right, so now that this is winding up and a lot of guys are saying they're going home, uh, <laughs> what are you doing, though? <laughs> I, got a, I got a really long 20-minute drive home. <laughs> no, um, I'm thankful I don't have to, to fly anywhere, so I'm, I'm thankful it's a, it's a hometown team. Hanging around him the most of the summer? Yeah, no, I'll, uh, I'll be here all summer just uh, working out training and uh, getting ready for the fall. All right, that is James Hamblin. Last couple seasons with the Bakersfield Condors. Uh, loving life, loving being a prospect for his hometown team, the Edmonton Oilers. Good to catch up with him after the Billy Moores Cup last night. Here's what's going on at the British Open. Some low scores here. Cameron Smith, 64 today. He's 13 under after two rounds to have the lead. Cameron Young is 11 under, two back. And then three back tied for third. Rory McIlroy and Victor Hovland. Dustin Johnson is uh, four off the pace. You got Adam Scott hanging around. Uh, He's six back. Uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick, he he is uh, six under. He's seven off the lead. Tiger Woods did not make the cut. Canadian Corey Connors will play this weekend, but he's got a lot of work to do. He's 11 off the lead at two under par, and we'll talk more golf later on in the show with Murray McCourt. He's going to check in from the ranch. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. I am happy to hear from you this evening. 780-496-0063 is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. Follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins. 
and you can email the show inside sports at 630ched.com. Don't let it, don't uh, get a lot of emails, but when I do, they are greatly appreciated. So it's uh, my, uh, it's still what the 31, my phone says it's 31 degrees. It's still a scorcher out there. It's beautiful. We still got tons of daylight. It looks like the the weekend and several days into next week, the weather is going to be great. So we're going to do we do this sometimes for fun on Inside Sports. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is how you can text. Send us a request for a song that you'd like to hear coming back from break that you just think is a good summer anthem. Now we prefer guitar rock, but you can go another way if you like. And again, don't. You know, don't be cheeky. No, no naughty words near the beginning of the song. No, Kellen's going to check it out uh, anyway. So a, a song that you feel is a summer anthem, and we'll try to get some of those in coming back from commercial throughout the show. Yes, uh, very sunny here in Edmonton. It uh, might feel a little cloudy. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. A couple hours down the highway because their leading scorer left for another hockey team. We'll discuss with Pat Steinberg when we get back. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. All right, well, this is the song my next guest wanted to hear to introduce him coming on to the big program, Inside Sports, on a Friday night. He's the host of Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. He does a show every afternoon that they keep changing the name of, so I don't really know what it's called. It's Pat Steinberg checking in tonight. Hello, Pat. Uh, I didn't actually think you'd play it. I, I thought that was all a bluff when you said that earlier today. I'm very, very impressed. I, uh, I'm happy. I feel energized. And, you know, because the name of the show changes so often, I think that uh, we're just going to have to call it some sort of, like, Oscar the Grouch's uh, Oscar's Corner or something like that. We're going to have to do something because now I feel invigorated. I have a new lease on life. Um, and if your listeners are wondering WTF we're talking about, um, <laughs> Reed came on uh, my program, which is currently called Flames Talk. Very original. Um, he uh, he came on earlier, and uh, instead of really talking about the Oilers for the first five minutes, we just talked about Gordon and Susan and Maria and Luis and Big Bird and Oscar and all the rest of the classic Sesame Street characters. Not quite sure why, but we did, and it was great. It was great. And of course, I was going to play that song once we talked about it to, to bring you on. And we're taking listener requests for uh, summer anthems that they want to hear coming back from break tonight. So we'll, we'll see if we uh, get anything interesting as we move along. Hey, thanks for hopping on, buddy. I know you had a, a busy week and you're rolling into the, your weekend and you probably want to watch uh, the Stamps and Bombers coming up at the bottom of the hour. They're both undefeated. So that'll be a fun one for Friday Night Football. So it's I'm going to start. It's also the second Friday of Stampede, Reed. Like, let's, let's be honest here. Oh, you're going to the Stampede. 
Do they? St- well, I mean, they, I, I they... might go partake in the the revelry, maybe on the grounds, <laughs> maybe on. Well, every year there's like another tent, so there's like 19 different huge tents, which are are just large drinking outdoor establishments. <laughs> like, and uh, like anybody, and I, I think people in Edmonton would know this because I'm sure there's like a ton of your listeners who have been down here and are very like Edmonton's like a second home to me. I can I, I can navigate Edmonton with my eyes closed. I know the city well, and like you know about things in Edmonton. I've got nothing but good things to say about uh, Ice District and, and White Ave and Old Strathcona and the University District and all that type of stuff. Uh, and, and so, like, most of your listeners would know, like, Stampede's more than just the grounds and the rodeo and the chuck wagons. Like, it's about how an entire city just turns into a party and people just like, oh, it's a Tuesday at 2 o'clock? Let's get wasted. That's kind of the... the that, that's what nobody who's never experienced a Stampede doesn't understand about it. It's not just the actual stampede ground. It's like, no, it's how an entire city just parties for 10 straight days. That should be the slogan for the stampede. It's Tuesday at 2 a.m. Let's get wasted. I think that would be uh, very, very appropriate. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, you're going to have a good Friday night, whether you're watching sports or going to the stampede or uh, listening to Sesame Street songs. You're going to have a party tonight. Okay, so... I want to I want to come at this from the Johnny Goudreau angle. If people somehow have missed it, he's left the Calgary Flames and he's really good. Are arguably the uh, greatest season in Flames history, quite frankly, from an offensive standpoint, this past regular season. Are are, are is there any agitation with the club and or the fan base? Are are they feeling like he was never going to stay? Why didn't he say something? Maybe we would have traded him. Maybe not, but maybe we would have been ready for this. You know what I'm saying? Yes, and the answer is yes on on both fronts. Um, I I honestly – look – I don't think I don't know if you saw Johnny uh, speak with Tim McAuliffe on on Tim and Friends a little earlier, uh, or if you uh, listened into any of Johnny's news conference on Thursday with the Columbus media. I, I, I honestly I, I take Johnny at face value when he says that he didn't know what he was going to do and he agonized over the decision and that he was very close to signing with Calgary on Tuesday night because. I know for a fact that the Flames believed that he was imminently ready to sign. Like the every and I've I've you know this is one of those evolving stories. It's so bizarre. It's one of the strangest stories I can ever remember covering, hockey wise or with the Flames. And and essentially, like yeah, they they believed he was ready to put his name on the dotted line on an eight-year extension at $10.5 million on Tuesday night. And they had grinded all day Tuesday, which was the final day of their eligibility to give him that eighth year before he went to free agency and the eighth year was off the table. And so they believed that they had grinded to a number. They believed that they were done. It was like imminent. It was close. Then all of a sudden, as as we got word, like this thing is on the one-yard line. Like this thing is ready to be punched. Punched in, then 20 minutes later, or 15 minutes later, or 30 minutes later, Elliot Friedman, Johnny Gaudreau's going to free agency, and it was like the, one of the most surprising sports swerves that I can remember. I know that it caught the Flames off guard. It certainly caught an entire group of fans off guard, and not like it caught them off guard that it happened, but just like how it got there. And then he signs in Columbus, and that became even more of a thing. But I think what Flames fans and what I think the organization is upset about is that, okay, 
We all believe that he was undecided, and we all believe that he didn't make his final decision until Tuesday night to leave Calgary. However, I think there's a feel that maybe there there could have been a little bit more transparency uh, or a little bit more honesty or whatever word you want to use. Uh, there could have been more of that in terms of actually telling the Flames where he was as opposed to, you know, Yes, signing with the Flames is the number one priority. Signing with the Flames is the number one priority. We want to get to a number. We want to get to a number. We want to get to a number, and he wants to stay. And, and it's not like he 100% didn't want to stay, but maybe the amount that he was looking at going elsewhere was larger than a lot of people thought it actually was. And so had there been a little bit more transparency, it would have definitely changed the way the Flames went about their offseason approach. And I'm not saying that like they were in entitled to it or Johnny and Lewis Gross's representation owed it to the Flames because, you know, this is this is a business. And and as any general manager will tell you, as Brad Treliving has told me before, it's part of the game. And and hardball tactics and um the I'm trying to think of the right word. The decision to the omission of truth sometimes, or the omission of the full picture, and only giving a a, a, a little bit of a, a snapshot into what's going on. That's all part of it, and it's part of it on both sides. But if you're going to negotiate the way the Gaudreau camp did, where they I don't believe were fully transparent the entire way through, and then went up to the eleventh hour and still gave the impression to the Flames that Johnny wanted to stay. And then it goes the other direction as quickly as it did. If you're going to go about that, you're fully entitled to that. It's all the power to you. It's your prerogative. However, you have to also be okay with the backlash that comes with it. Or at the very least, you have to understand that that is part of it. You know, actions have consequences. And I think, you know, I think there are some Flames fans who have taken it way too far, attacking the family uh, on, on social media or, you know, some of that stuff completely over the line and that's ridiculous but for a flames fan a group of flames fans to talk about booing him when he comes back or to say that they feel betrayed or hurt or upset or whatever the case may be i think that's fair i think it's valid i think it comes with it and i think most fan groups of fans would feel the same way and i think that you know a lot of smaller market teams can at the very least you know I don't know if there's a lot of people in your city who are crying tears over it um, because of how big a rival Calgary is. But at the very least, I think people in Edmonton, I think people in Vancouver, I think people in uh, Winnipeg, uh, Ottawa, um, you know, Canadian markets that aren't Toronto and Montreal, uh, I, I think that they can understand and, and, and at the very least emphasize the Calgary situation because they've been in similar spots before or will be in a similar spot again. Not quite to the same extent where, you know, coming off arguably the greatest offensive season, individual season in franchise history and then walking. But we've all seen, you know, Oilers fans have seen players don't want to go there and Jets fans have seen players want to leave or not want to go there and now Calgary's just had it happen to them and we're all so prideful of our cities and and and, and love where we live Edmontonians love Edmonton Calgarians love Calgary and so it, it, it's a little bit of a slap in the face when you find out about it and that's not a knock on Columbus at all because I think Columbus by all accounts is a pretty cool spot but it just the way it went down, yeah, I think there's a, a lot of people who are upset. Uh, and, and I think in, in a lot of ways, rightfully so, about the way it all played out. Uh, uh, Pat, we're in the final 30 seconds. What happens with Matthew Kachuk? Uh, okay. I think I'm 6 out of 10, 60% that he signs. 
If he doesn't sign this summer, I think they have to trade him, and I think that they will trade him. Pat, enjoy the stampede. Don't text me at 2 a.m. I'll be sleeping. Uh, I can't guarantee anything. <laughs> that is Pat Steinberg checking in from Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. What a win for the Elks. Blake Dermott is next. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.